Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. Welcome, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And, and we're back. back. <laughs> and Katie had a wonderful birthday, you guys. I did. Thank you all so much. Well, first of all, thank you, Sarah, for doing the sweet shout out on our Instagram and then thank you to everyone. There were so many sweet messages from you listeners and I read them all and I loved them and you all are so kind. Thank you. I know they were so sweet. I'm not going to lie. I had to just like turn off my Instagram that day because I was like, ugh, these messages aren't about me. I don't care. (laughs) Um, no, but I did read them and I was like, they're so cute. It was adorable. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So yeah. Thanks everyone for that. Um, what else do we have for opening exercises? (laughs) Opening (laughs) announcements. Um, I'm trying to think, well, obviously, I mean, I think we should just do an entire episode on this, but the whole thing with BYU honor code that we talked about last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the changes that have been made to it. I don't know if you've yeah. seen them, Katie, but they're disgusting. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, it's crazy that that came out, our episode about it, and then how the church like issued this statement basically saying that even though they removed the section about same-sex, uh, what was it? same-sex actions or whatever they called it. Yeah. They issued a statement that was like, you know, gay behavior can't lead to eternal marriage. Therefore, it is not in compliance with the honor code. Like, just (laughs) basically retracting it. Yeah, it's gross. It's so gross, but it's also like I've seen so many... So many great memes about it, too, where it's like, once again, Mormon God has changed his mind, but even faster this time. Two days or something like that. Yeah. Two days pass, and he's like, wait, hold on. That's not what I meant. Never mind, everyone. That's that's Mormon God's favorite phrase. Never mind. <laughs> and then I also saw one where it was like, BYU's honor, like, honor codes, like, um, best method of finding out who's gay at BYU <laughs> because like people are like celebrating, right? Yeah, are a part of the LGBTQ community, and then so they're of course being affectionate as one naturally does and should be able to do, and then the church is like, just kidding. Now we take it back, but we we see you, we know. <laughs> Can you imagine? That really sucks, too, for those people who are, they have that small glimmer of hope, and then it's just dashed. And it it also kind of annoys me a bit. Like, I I don't know. It goes back to this whole progressive Mormon topic that we've talked about, and I think it's great that there's a lot of light being shined on this, and, like, it's shown shine past tense hard um that like it's getting attention but then I still see like Mormon members who want to stay Mormon who are affected by this and doing that like you know um basically saying like they stand by oh community and I'm like I understand that but also just leave the church like come on like I know if 
I can't even imagine if I was ever in that situation where something like a policy like that directly affected me in a way that it does, I'm sure, for people part of the LGBT community and also people who have experienced racism and sexism within the church. Like, it would be devastating for me. And I don't think I could just continue to justify these awful actions that the church brings upon, like, everyone in this situation. And it makes me sad because I just want to say, oh, you deserve so much better. Just leave. (laughs) Like, I know it's not that simple, but, you know, you just want them to be happy and not be a part of an organization that treats you like shit and makes you sad about yourself. I couldn't agree more. It's really fascinating how they can justify it. Or maybe they don't justify it. They just don't think about it. They turn it off, right? Turn it off. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel feel for those people. But hopefully uh, anyone who is LGBTQ at BYU, hopefully they just eventually leave the church. That's what all I can hope for. But then, you know, you hear these stories where it is affordable university and, like, education. Affordable. I'm doing air quotes. For American standards, it's affordable. And it's so unfortunate that you have to, like, choose between having an education or being yourself. And I just think that's bullshit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's bullshit. Definitely. (laughs) Anyways, that's all the announcements I have from my side. Okay. Cool. Well... Everyone, I have quite a story to tell today for our episode. I'm so excited. Okay. I'm sitting up on my couch. That's what that squeaky noise is. (laughs) And I'm getting excited because, you guys, Katie hasn't told me anything about this story. And we all know that I haven't researched it because I'm a lazy bitch. So I'm super excited. (laughs) Yeah. I told her, like, don't look into anything regarding this because (laughs) – it's insane. It's so bananas. Um, it's almost hard to believe that it's real, but it is. So this is actually very, very current. It's actually an ongoing investigation. So there will probably be updates. So if you're listening to this, this is as far, I'll tell you everything up until right now. So as we're recording, it's March 9th of 2020. And so if you're listening to this later on, I bet things will have changed. But this is what we know up until now. Okay, are you ready, Sarah? I think. I didn't realize it was, like, going to be an ongoing thing or, like, it's that recent. Oh, yeah. It's so crazy. Oh, my God, okay. So before we begin, um, I do want to say, I'll put a disclaimer, that it involves children, so... That's going to upset you. Don't listen. Um, But it's not anything too graphic. So we're okay. Okay. All right. Um, And I just want to start by saying that the focus of this whole thing should be on these children. But, of course, there's going to be a lot of other crazy shit I'm going to tell you. But the children are named Joshua Vallo. He, He goes by JJ, and he's seven. And his sister, his older sister, Tylee Ryan, and she's 17. And they have been missing since September of last year. Whoa, whoa, wait. What was her name? So it was JJ and... JJ and Tylee. It's spelled T-Y-L-E-E. Okay. Also a very Mormon name. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So they've been missing since September of 2019. So just keep that in mind. They're going to be the focus and we want, we want to spread awareness that they're missing. But I want to go back to the very beginning of this whole crazy thing. Back in the way, way back machine to 1990. Woohoo! 1990. Okay. I was two at that age. Oh, I was. I know, baby Sarah. So <laughs> baby. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to tell you about some of the main characters, I guess, in this story. So there's a man named Chad Daybell, and in 1990, he marries a woman named Tammy. They were married in the Manti, Utah Temple. Have you been to Manti, Sarah? I've driven through Manti, but I never went, because isn't that where the pageant is? Yes. Well, you know, did you know that they canceled the pageant or I guess the prophet canceled pageants? He's not, they're not having them anymore. What? And I wondered if that was because there were too many protesters at the pageants. I don't know why they canceled them, but yeah, that's where the pageant used to be. Was that the, it was, I didn't know it was canceled. Yeah. I don't even think they're doing the one like in um, Palmyra, New York anymore. I think, yeah, for you listeners who didn't grow up Mormon, um, this pageant, I think we've touched on before once briefly, but it's like, I I don't even know the details of it because as a Mormon from Georgia, I had no idea what this was until I went to BYU and everyone's like, basically (laughs) it's like another thing that only righteous Mormons do is they go to this pageant and Manti and I don't know, Katie, maybe you can explain, because I still honestly don't really know what it is other than I always thought it was like a legit pageant as in people wore pretty sparkly dresses and were judged. <laughs> I wish that's what it was. It, um, so on the temple grounds, they set up this big like stage and it's this huge production of actors and dancers and stuff. Um, and they portray like the story of the Book of Mormon. Oh. Yeah, it's like all the Mormon, like, it's a big old thing. You, like, go down there, and they fill the grounds. Everyone's sitting on the lawn and stuff, and it's a big deal. But anyway, so. And it's not a cult. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag not a cult. (laughs) Okay, so Chad uh, Daybell married Tammy in the Manti, Utah Temple in 1990, and they lived in Springville, Utah. Oh, Springville. Springville. I bet we have listeners. I know we have listeners in Springville. I see oh, those. Oh, for stats. sure. Hi, Springville. Um, so they founded Spring Creek Book Company, which allowed Chad to self-publish several LDS-themed novels about the end times and the second coming of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he was basically like a doomsday novelist. He wrote Mormon-themed books about the end of the world. Wow. And here are some of the titles of the books he wrote, just because they make me giggle. (laughs) (laughs) The the Great Gathering, Escape to Zion, (laughs) Latter-day Lessons, and my favorite, Evading Babylon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He believed, and probably still does believe, I don't know, that he was inspired by God to write these, and 
he had some near-death experiences in his life where he claimed that he had these like spiritual visions during these near-death experiences and he could like see the future and saw that his books would be a success he's kind of (laughs) wacky and he was just really into like doomsday prepping you know like we've talked about before on this show about get gathering a bunch of supplies having the food storage and the water and the um weapons and stuff and he claimed to just have like spiritual visions about like the end of the world and that's why he would write I think he wrote over like 25 books (laughs) and published them yeah um So he seems pretty nutty. Um, He and his wife, Tammy, had five children, and they eventually moved from Springville to Salem, Idaho, which is basically right next to Rexburg, where BYU-Idaho is. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So they moved there in 2015. All right. So that's one of the main characters of this story, is that Chad Daybell fellow. (laughs) Now, another main (laughs) character... The other main character in this story is a woman named Lori Vallow. So I'll tell you a little bit about her. Okay. Her first marriage was in 1992, and it ended in divorce, but no one actually, from what I can find on news outlets and stuff, no one actually knows the name of her first husband. It's kind of weird, but doesn't really matter. Okay. Her second husband, um, that whom she married in 1995, was named... William LaGoya, they had a son together named Colby, but they divorced the next year, and not much else is known about this second husband. Then, in 2000, Lori marries another man named Joseph Ryan. Uh, oh, and I should tell you that this woman is also Mormon, so just of to clarify. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so they married in 2000. They had their daughter named Tylee who I told you about at the beginning. Oh, right. Okay. Um, they, but they ended up getting divorced as well when Tylee was just 18 months old. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so her older son, Colby, that she had from her previous marriage, ended up, he was, took like this third husband's last name. So they, they had this same last name. Anyways, whatever. doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, So they lived in Texas, but soon, but after the divorce, Lori moved with her kids to Arizona, actually very close to where I live. Oh, it's crazy. And, um, her, her ex-husband, so the baby daddy, he also moved just to be close to Tylee because that's, that's his kid and he wanted to be around her. And they were kind of like in this custody battle. It was kind of ugly, but whatever. Okay, so that was her third husband. Then, in 2006, so this, sorry, this is kind of confusing. (laughs) So at any moment, if you're confused about the names of people, just stop me. Okay, I will. In 2006, Lori married her fourth husband, Charles Vallow. Um, So she came to the marriage, obviously, with her kids, including Tylee, and... Then in 2014, Charles and Lori adopted JJ. Okay, right. Okay. Okay, so he is, he's actually the biological grandson of Charles's sister. So he's like a family member's child. And when he, 
he had autism and the family member didn't think they could take care of him. So Charles and Lori volunteered to adopt him and they thought this is perfect. They're great parents. Like that'll work out perfectly. So they adopted JJ. Okay. Okay. Now fast forward to April, 2018. Joseph Ryan, who is Tylee's father and Lori's third husband, he died in April of, 20, April of 2018. Police had performed a welfare check on his apartment after a neighbor's dog detected a foul smell. His death was ruled a heart attack and he was cremated. Huh. But yeah, there's really no more information about it. And he and was that's yeah, her third husband, right? That was her third husband. And okay. And her daughter's father. Okay. Okay. So then, December. This is where the two main characters meet. December 2018, Chad Daybell, crazy cuckoo bananas doomsday rider. (laughs) Evading Babylon. (laughs) Evading Babylon. Should that be the title? Yes. Um, and Lori Vallow, they appeared together for the first time on a podcast. What? And it, yeah. And it was called, so the network, the podcast network is called Preparing a People. What? <laughs> what? Is that not the most Mormon sounding name? Preparing a People. Like, I mean, oh, it would be better God. if it was like, thy preparing of thine people. Yay. Even, <laughs> yay, even preparing of thine people. Um, <laughs> and the specific, um, I think it was maybe the specific podcast or the specific episode was called Time to Warrior Up. Oh, uh, my God. They're on this, but it's since been taken down um, for reasons you will see later. But um, on that podcast, they both discussed doomsday and like the end of times, theories about the end of the world and the second coming of Christ. Um, so that's where they first like get to know each other. And they both, I guess, have this same ideology that, you know, about the end of the world. It's basically the LDS version of the Armageddon. Um, wait, wait, sorry. I do have a quick question. Yes, please. So, was this a podcast that they created or they were just both happened to be guests they on both that episode? To, yeah, they were like guests on it. Okay. So the preparing of people that their network, that podcast, uh, on their website, it says that the contributors of the podcast are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and they love the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Bar- we embrace... Yep, we embrace positive truths and the contri- and the contribution of people with integrity to the truth of our faith. Preparing a people is a forum designed to uplift and inspire towards self-evident good. Any affiliation, affiliation, sorry, any <laughs> affiliation with other organizations are in support of spreading the restored gospel of Jesus Christ to a worldwide a worldwide audience. Christ is King. We will praise Him in any storm. Um, they're all, they're all Mormons and they're all like extreme doomsday preppers. Um, and they very like (laughs) strongly deny being a cult, but it's like, um, don't all Mormons do that? Like they're, they're just the extreme, like, yeah, doomsday preppers of the Mormon community, which 
most Mormons have, you know, they have like food storage and all that stuff. These people were just a little more extreme about it and had a podcast about it. But um, do you think that they would take on new guests? Because I feel like we could be on there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. Should <laughs> I be- send a, an email requesting? <laughs> <laughs> Let's email preparing a people and tell them how even thine not so Molly Mormon podcasts we have excellent spiritual visions of what we can say on their show. Well, Jesus talks to us still, so yeah. <laughs> fine. Sorry. Okay, keep going. Podcast. Okay, so that was in December of 2018. All right. So okay. this is all fairly recent, like not that long ago. Mm-hmm. All right. Two months later, in February of 2019, Charles Vallow, who was Lori's fourth husband, files for divorce, claiming that he feared his wife would kill him and that she'd developed strange doomsday cult-like beliefs. So this is just two months after she's interacted with Chad Daybell on the podcast and and her husband is like, she's going insane. She, I think she might kill me and she's so into the end of the world it's scary and this is where it gets extra crazy he claimed that she she was calling herself a god that was assigned to carry out the work of the 144,000 at Christ's second coming in July of 2020 so what she had a date. She was saying that July of 2020 is when the second coming is going to be and that she's one of the ministering angels or gods that does the work of the 144,000. Um, and I remembered that kind of being referenced in church. Do you remember that term? No, no. So um, I pulled it up here so I can I can. Explain. So it says that um, the number 144,000 mentioned in Revelation is the number of ordained high priests out of the 12 tribes of Israel who will assist others in their quest for exaltation. Whoa, I've (laughs) never heard of that. That's from the seminary teacher manual from um, LDS.org. But wouldn't they all be men? Like it said priesthood, right? Or did I yeah. just that up? So then how could Yeah, I mean, to me that translates as they're men, but for some reason she thinks that, I don't know, she's part I of it. Progressive <laughs> woman. What was her name? Lori? Lori. Yeah. Okay, Lori. Um, also in the divorce papers, he said that she claimed to, in a, in a previous life, that she was married to the prophet Moroni. (laughs) (laughs) Also, in a different past life, she was Joseph Smith's grandmother. Wow. So she's doing some, like, she's combining all kinds of religions together. It's just going crazy. Like, no baby. (laughs) She claimed to have spiritual visions and... She was obsessed with Armageddon and the second coming. At one point, she even said it would be better if people died now so they didn't have to endure the end times. So that's kind of why he was, like, fearing for his life is because she was acting like it would just be better to die. So 
in the same month that he filed for divorce, he removed Lori from his life insurance policy, which was $1 million. So he removed her and instead he named his sister as the sole beneficiary. So, Mm. all right. So that was in February, July 11th, 2019, just last year. While Lori Vallow was taking JJ to school, Charles Vallow was shot dead inside (gasps) Lori Vallow's home in Chandler, Arizona, which is really close to where I live. Um, It was in her home, and it was by Lori's brother, and his name is Alex Cox, which the last name Cox always makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me giggle, too. Um. Oh, my God. Alex told police that Charles had come at him with a baseball bat, so he shot him in self-defense. And uh, Alex was never arrested for this. Police said... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? No, he was never arrested. They, they, I guess they believed him that it was self-defense, but there's no witnesses, nothing. Everyone, everything that I could find said that Charles was not a violent person, that they'd never seen him act in any type of violent way. And it was really tough for them to believe that he, you know, was so threatening that Alex could just shoot him and kill him in self-defense, quote unquote. But also, can I just get political for a hot second? And I'm sorry if I offend listeners, but that's the fucking problem with America, that someone can just have a gun yeah. on them and just shoot someone for self-defense like oh, the guy yeah. had a bat and then he, he shoots bat. him with a gun uh-huh like and that's fucking mental to me yeah and it's a it's a big problem here in Arizona like the gun laws there I know they're they're terrible in Utah just in general but in Arizona it's real bad like wow everyone has a gun here and it's so easy to get one um crazy yeah, I actually have, if you want to hear it, the 911 call, I can play you a little snippet from Ooh. when, because Alex actually calls 911 himself after oh he shoots God. Charles. I do want to hear it, but I also feel like, Katie, you're doing such a better job than not, like, my favorite murder. I just have to what? tell you, like, you move Katie? over, Karen and Georgia, <laughs> Katie is now the best murderino ever. Oh, my um, you're making me blush (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I do want to hear the okay I'm just gonna play a little like snippet of it and I think it's kind of interesting to hear because he's he's eerily calm it's like very creepy and he had just shot his (gasps) brother-in-law to death okay here let's see if you can hear this the emergency um I I shot my brother-in-law what part of his body is injured? Uh, in the chest. I'm sorry, where? In the chest. Okay, is he awake and responsive or unconscious? Unconscious. Okay, is he breathing? I can't tell. Okay, are you wanting, are you willing to go over to him and check? Sure. Okay, do you just let me know if you see his chest going up and down? How old is he? It's not moving, he's 60. Okay, and are you wanting to start CPR? No, I don't know how to do that. Is that creepy or what? No, I don't know how to do that. The creepiest is when he says, sure. Sure. I know. 
I know. It's just like it's another day and he's totally fine while his brother-in-law is dead on the floor that he just shot. That is... Guys, that gave me the chill bumps. Yeah. That creeps me out. Okay, so... And it's it's also crazy if you guys want to... Um, see more of this the Chandler police actually released the footage the body cam footage from when they showed up and they're when they're talking to Alex and while they're there Lori shows up I, I guess she had just dropped her she just dropped JJ off at school and she shows up and they tell her what's happened and she acts so strange like it doesn't phase her at all. And at points, she's kind of joking with the cops, like almost laughing about stuff. And they ask her, how long have you lived here? And she says, three weeks. And they say, oh, so just recently. And she laughs and she goes, huh, yeah, like that's why I don't know my neighbors. Blah, blah. And she's just like totally nonchalant, just having a good old time. Doesn't care that her husband oh. is dead inside. And Whoa. also the neighbors in her... And her neighborhood reported that Lori threw a pool party that same day. No. They said it was so loud that it was, like, bothering the neighbors. And she had a huge pool party the same day that her husband was killed by her brother. Oh, this so, is some fucked up Mormon shit. Yeah. So, um... I feel like I need some, like, Mormon jello and, like, party <laughs> potato, like, funeral potatoes to get through funeral this. Funeral potatoes for this, girl. <laughs> so, a few days later, she called um, their insurance company inquiring about Charles's life insurance policy. And when she learned she wasn't the beneficiary, she, like, lost her shit. And she sent Charles's sister a nasty text about how it wasn't fair that she didn't get the money. Like, that she wasn't on it. And, like, also, if you don't want to look guilty or weird about something, don't immediately call about the life insurance money. Like Exactly. Like, if you're... Just 101. <laughs> like, if you're truly grieving, then you won't even think about money or insurance no. or any of that. Like... No. That's mental. Okay, so that was July 11th. Then, on July 22nd, um, their son... JJ, he had a specially trained service dog because he was autistic, and this dog had been specially trained for his needs. The dog's name is Bailey. Oh. Um, on and on July 22nd, Lori sent an email to the dog training elite in Phoenix about finding a new family for Bailey due to quote a change in life circumstances. What? So she got rid of her child's service animal. Wow. Then in September of 2019, Lori tells JJ school that she got a promotion in her company and they needed to urgently move to California. So she pulls him from school. But that was a lie. In fact, she actually moves to where else? Idaho. With oh, with Tylee and JJ, and she rents a townhouse in a subdivision near Rexburg, near mm. where our friend Chad Daybell lives. Um, she registered JJ in Kennedy Elementary School in Rex- Rexburg on September 3rd. Then on September 8th, um, this is the moment when T- 
Ty Lee was last seen. She was seen on a surveillance video at the entrance of Yellowstone National Park, which sprawls across like Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho. Because mm-hmm. um, a photo from that day, which was later obtained by authorities from Lori's iCloud account, showed Lori, her brother Alex, Ty Lee, and JJ at the park on September 8th. Okay. Um, then the last, on September 23rd, that's when JJ was last seen at his elementary school, but that same day, Lori withdrew him from the school saying that she would homeschool him. So that was the last time he's been seen. Then October 1st, 2019. Lori Vallow signed a rental agreement for a 10 by 10 unit at Self Storage Plus in Rexburg. Um, Her credit card was declined in January, so a couple months later. So the company notified the police and told the police like, oh, this this woman, you know, had this um, rental unit. And they knew by then they had kind of known some things about her. And Mm -hmm. so... Um, the company released security camera footage showing Lori and her brother, Alex. They had visited the unit nine times in October and once in November. And in those visits, they had moved items, including the children's bikes, toys, clothes, and even gun cases in and out of the unit. Um, And then in a search warrant, um, police went into the unit in late November and they found other items inside, including like when the kids winter clothing photo albums of the, with pictures of the children, um, their important documents and stuff, their sports equipment, their backpacks, but nothing else. Then on October 9th, um, Tammy Daybell. So Chad's wife, um, okay, right, Chad. Chad's the cuckoo rider. Cuckoo rider. So they're they're all in around Rexburg at this point. And so Chad's wife Tammy called nine one one, claiming a masked man shot at her with a paintball gun, and was like okay. following her and trying to shoot her. And she posted about the incident on Facebook, saying she had no idea what the motive was and was like freaked out. Um, okay. So that was on October 9th. Okay. Ten days later, October 19th, Tammy Daybell died in her sleep at her home in Rexburg. What? Of investigators who arrived to the house initially ruled the death, quote unquote, natural causes. But she was only 49 years old. She was healthy. She was totally fine. Like, there was no reason for her to have died. Chad said he didn't want an autopsy done because it was God's will. It was her time to go and Heavenly Father wouldn't have taken her unless it was her time to go is what he said. What? How is that even legally possible? I don't know, but like we'll back to oh. it. <laughs> she was wow. buried in Yeah, so she was buried in Springville, Utah on October 22nd of 2019. Now shit really starts to get crazy. <gasps> two weeks after the death of his wife, two weeks, 
Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow were married in Hawaii. No. So her husband was shot and killed in July. His wife mysteriously dies in the middle of the night. Two weeks later, they get married. And meanwhile, in the temple or just? Um, you know what? I couldn't find exactly if it was the temple or not, so I, I can't say. But okay, let's just pretend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, the kids the kids weren't at the wedding. No one's seen the kids. So, um, November 26th, JJ's grandmother, Kay, who was also, remember, she was Charles's sister, the beneficiary of his life insurance policy. Oh, right. Yeah. So, she lives in Louisiana, and she called the police because she hadn't heard from JJ or Tylee since September. And they, she really loved, like, her her grandkids and especially like JJ they had this really special relationship and they'd call each other a lot they would FaceTime they were in contact a lot and she hadn't been able to get a hold of him since September like couldn't Mm -hmm. get a hold of Lori nothing so the Rexburg Police Department performed a welfare a welfare check for JJ at um, Lori's townhome, but they didn't find him. Lori was there, and she told the police that JJ was back in Arizona visiting family members. What? And so the Rexburg police contacted the Chandler police, and they couldn't find they he wasn't with the the family members that she said she just lied about it, and he wasn't he wasn't in Arizona. So the very next day, they were like, "This is fishy. I don't know where he is," and. So they served a search warrant to her home and went back there, and neither Lori or Chad were there. They'd vanished. They were just gone. The house was empty. So no one knew where they were. And when this was happening, everyone was like, where are they? Where are the kids? Like, what is going on? Um, December 1st, we later find out that December 1st, uh, Lori and Chad boarded a flight to Hawaii. They love Hawaii. I mean, who Apparently, doesn't? Right? <laughs> um, the, the kids weren't on the flight with them. Um, December 11th, Tammy Daybell's body was exhumed to perform an autopsy because after they've realized that the kids are missing, uh, Lori's ex-husband was killed. And they don't really have a reason. Like, they don't know what, what happened to Tammy Daybell. The authorities were like, no, we got to exhume her body and conduct an autopsy, right? Yeah. Um, and it's it, as of right now, it's still under investigation. Like, the autopsy results haven't been released, which I want to know so bad what they are. So hopefully they'll be released because they haven't said anything. Um, but then get this. One day later, this is so insane. One day later, December 12th, Alex Cox, Lori's brother, died of unknown causes in his home in Arizona. What? Yeah, his death is also under investigation. Like, the autopsy, like, reports haven't been released either. No one knows why, like, how he died. I mean, authorities probably know, but... I don't know. I don't know why he died. I think theories are that, like, he knew something, and so Chatter Lori, like, paid someone to kill him. I don't know. Pretty crazy. Or do you think, like, they were part of this, I mean, because they're crazy cuckoo, and, like, in this 
you know, extreme cult doomsday thinking. Like, I wonder if they, I mean, she already convinced her brother to kill her husband. Yeah. I wonder if, like, it was drink the great Kool-Aid situation (gasps) again. You know what? That is, that's honestly really probable. That's creepy, but. Yeah, like, maybe it's, like, part of, you know, it's better to die than be here in the second coming or doomsday. Yeah. Oh, man, that's totally possible. Whoa. Okay, so, um, but at this point, like, still, no one knew that Lori and Chad were in Hawaii. They hadn't found them yet. Um, But December 20th, the Rexburg Police Department publicly announced their search for Tylee and JJ. And authorities, they named Lori and Chad persons of interest. So then they're, like, trying to find them. They they eventually find them in Hawaii. And... (laughs) She, it's so crazy. Like when they find them, there's also um, video of them. Like they're being followed around by reporters and reporters are following them as they're walking in Hawaii. And they're asking them like, where are your kids? Are you worried about your kids? The whole, you have millions of people that are searching for your children and they're worried. Like what, don't you care about that? And she just turns and goes, that's great. And then just keeps walking. What? Yeah, it's crazy. And it's oh so Oh my weird. god. It's weird too cuz she's a really pretty lady. She actually just looks like what a Mormon Utah mom would look like. Like she's blonde and has the just the typical Mormon look, but, but then she's just crazy like she turns and is like that's that's good or that's great or whatever and just keeps walking. So wow. January 25th, she's served a notice by the police department ordering her to physically produce Tylee and JJ to Idaho child welfare workers um, within five days. She has to like prove that they're, you know, in her care. Mm-hmm. Um, then January 26th, um, they're in Hawaii still and they they have a search warrant on their rented townhome and the investigators found Tylee's cell phone, but no signs of the children. So that's oh. not looking good. Then January 30th, Lori missed the deadline to produce the children. She didn't show up. So then on February 20th, Lori Vallow was arrested in Hawaii on several charges, including two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children, as well as re- resisting or obstructing police officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime, and contempt of court. Mm. So, then, literally just this last Friday, which... Oh, my God. My birthday, last Friday. <laughs> um <laughs> Was when she was extradited to Idaho and she appeared in in an Idaho court for the first time uh, in the case of her missing children. She was read the charges she's facing by Judge Farron Eddins and she just mostly responded to the questions with like one word answers, either yes or no. And she just isn't saying anything. Um, her bail was originally set to five million, but it got reduced to one million. And the judge said if she posts bond, she'll be required to wear an ankle monitor at all times and appear for all court appearances and not leave Idaho. Her next court date is set for March 18th. Um, And Chad Dabo? Fucking Chad. Chad. (laughs) He hasn't been arrested and hasn't been named a suspect and is just walking around having a good old time being 
all weird and doomsday. He's just out there. And we don't know the results of his wife's autopsy or of Alex's or anything like that. Um, So that's where we're at as of right now. And I am, it it sucks to say, but I'm, I feel like, I don't want to say it, but I just kind of feel like the kids are not alive. I don't know. I hope they are somewhere, but doesn't doesn't sound like it. Um, But anyways, this is an ongoing investigation. So for everyone listening, if you're listening currently, you can keep your eye out for the kids. So um, JJ is seven. He has brown hair and brown eyes. He's four feet tall and weighs 50 pounds, according to this website. Uh, Tylee is 17. She has blonde hair and blue eyes. She's five feet tall and weighs 160 pounds. Anyone with information regarding the whereabouts of the children are asked to contact the Rexburg Police Department or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And I'll have all in the show notes, I'll write the the links to their websites and also their phone numbers. So I hope they're found, but it's just so crazy to me. It seems like Everyone was just dropping like flies around her. She was just killing anyone that was in her way. I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if she did something to her kids too. But also, and I mean, I'm not making a comment towards like Idaho or Arizona police or whatever, but I just feel like, you know, I don't want to dismiss the situation with the kids because it's awful no matter what like has happened to them. It's horrible and it doesn't matter what race they are but you know if like this happened to an african-american like the cops would have already arrested them before you know what i mean like it just seems like lori and chad are not like even a threat enough it took all of this before the cops were like okay now you're arrested i know whereas it's insane like i just can't believe that it's taken this long to even and even chad's not arrested or the fact that like the autopsy wasn't even requested in the beginning. Like, I, know. I don't know. It's all so, so crazy and kind of confusing. And there's other parts of the story that I'm sure I missed because it's like there's so many people and it's like so many different timelines. But it, yeah, I, I agree with you. It is frustrating. And I know that like I'm sure investigators and stuff like authorities are doing their best, I would hope. But also, like you said, like, they're this non-threatening, like, I'm doing air quotes, you know, non-threatening white Mormon yeah. couple. And it's like, oh, they can do no wrong. And then it's like, um, yeah, this they can. dude got married two weeks after his wife, who was perfectly fine and healthy. He, he, she died. And then he just gets married two weeks later. Like, what the hell? Mm. And also, <laughs> sorry, that was such a creepy, mm. mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so in this case. I can't wrap my head around it. And it's, I wonder, I would be curious to see if, like, if uh, Chad and Lori were active in their wards. And if they were, what the bishops or members are saying about them. Because, you know, like, in the Ted Bundy case and, like, in that, um, what was that other documentary about the girl who was abducted in plain sight? Is that the oh, name right. of it? Abducted in plain sight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like how the members were always like, oh, they were just so nice. And I, you know, never thought anything of it. And yeah, you know, they were, I mean, I'm curious. Yeah. So if any of you know or 
knew them, which would be crazy to hear, but right into us. But I think for sure Chad was because I saw a few things of like neighbors being really surprised. And um, I think I even saw something when, you know how his wife, uh, before she died, she got shot at by someone and she posted about it on Facebook. In the Facebook post, she was writing about how she was coming home from like a young woman's activity. I think she was a young woman's leader. And, uh, yeah, and that's when she got shot at. And then, like, a few days later, she mysteriously died in her sleep. Uh, I wonder if, like, the the paintball shooting was a threat or were they, <laughs> did they think that they could kill her? Yeah, I don't know. Another kind of crazy thing is that, so, it's a little confusing, but... Um, Lori's niece was named, uh, her name's Melanie. She was married to a guy, I think his name was Brandon, uh, and they got divorced because Melanie started, like, believing in Lori's extreme doomsday stuff, and it was, like, you know, putting a rift in their marriage, so they got divorced, but then around that same time that Tammy was being shot at by what she thought was a paintball gun, um, uh, Brandon the divorced husband of Lori's niece was also mm-hmm. got shot at um, by someone. He thought it was maybe a paintball gun, but it, I think it was maybe a BB gun. I could be wrong, but um, he saw the car that shot at him and it was actually Charles Vallow's car, which was um, Lori's ex-husband who had gotten shot by her brother and his, what? Her, and her brother had the car. So like I, they, the theory is that it was her brother, Alex, that was shooting these people, like, maybe for her or on some kind of mission for her. And then he ends up dying in December. This kind of makes me think of that other documentary, too, called Evil Genius. <gasps> yep. Uh-huh. Which is the women, the woman who, like, manipulates all these people around her to do her bidding and her killing and, like... Yeah, it, that's a really good documentary. It's crazy. Yeah, it's mental. Oh, my God. I think my favorite part of the whole thing is that she thought that she was Moroni's wife in a past life. <laughs> and Joseph Smith's grandma. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> Oh, Oh my God. I think maybe that should be this episode's title. Joseph Smith's grandma and Moroni's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's just, I know that we, like, sit here and we laugh about, like, how crazy and cuckoo this person was. But, I mean, in all honesty, their beliefs and whatever are just an enhanced version of Mormon doctrine. And you and I once believed that. So it's not that shocking, you know? I feel like that's really important to point out is that, of course, we're laughing at it. And, like, we try to add humor in our podcast. But this is a real thing that's happening. And real people died. These children are missing or murdered. And it's all because I feel like it's all stemmed around religion and this especially like the it is the Mormon doctrine that they're just taking literally and then focusing on the end of times and the second coming of Jesus Christ where it's like this life doesn't matter and you can just kill people and claim that it's because of a spiritual vision or whatever it's like really scary stuff actually it's terrifying and also like I think another episode we could do that's like 
um, another Mormon true crime. And we talked about it, I think, oh, guys, my memory's so bad. Maybe, Katie, we already did an episode on this. But the Lafferty brothers, is that their name? or La- Oh, yeah, yeah. We um, I talked a little bit about them in our episode about, like, the FLDS. Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're um in they're they're the focus of the book under the banner of heaven. Exactly. I, which I read I read half of that, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't finish it. But I did read the part on like their story and it's it's insane. It's the same thing where they took Mormon doctrine and just like made it extreme, but it's still Mormon doctrine and they yeah. had some crazy shit happen in that. With yeah. Mormon. I mean, and it's like, there's been so much crazy stuff that has been, has come from Mormonism, even like blood atonement, you know, from Brigham Young. Yeah. Killing because the prophet said so. (laughs) What? Or also, what was the other one? Sorry, maybe I'm giving it away or maybe, maybe the thing that I remember is us talking about a podcast, which is embarrassing if we've already talked about this. But I want to say I either listened to this or you told me or I've read about it. But the the other uh, true crime Mormon episode where it's like the bomber. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mark Hoffman and the salamander letter. We have an episode on that. Was that the one? Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like he he did the. he made the fake documents, and uh, then it just all got crazy, and he ended up bombing people, and he bombed himself on accident. And Oh, my God, you guys. If we edited episodes, I would ask to edit that out, the <laughs> fact that, like, I legit thought I heard that on My Favorite Murder, and it turns out it was just Katie telling me a story. So I'm telling you, Karen and Georgia, move over. Katie is the new true crime queen expert. Oh, no way. Because I was, There's like, convinced. Off the table. True no, crime. I was, like, convinced that I heard that on my favorite. But well, you know what? I think that they have done an episode on it. So you're not going crazy. I think they've covered it, and I think probably a couple other podcasts have covered it. So, uh, yeah. You're not crazy. No, I'm sure it was just you telling me. And I just, I'm getting old, you guys. And my memory is shit. It's awful. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to my story. And I hope that maybe, like, I just hope those kids are found. So, everyone, yeah. Even if it's like, you know, no one wants them to be dead, obviously. That's like horrendous and awful. But I think. Just for the the family members who survive, like the grandma, it's just so horrible not knowing what happened to them. Exactly. Yeah. So keep your eye on the news if, you know, I'm sure it'll be a headline if anything happens. And her next court date, I think I said the 18th of March. So we'll see what's going to happen with it. But that's all we have. Insane. Thank you for sharing that amazing interesting story (laughs) and oh my god I mean you don't want to have these true crime things happen but at the same time I'm like are there any more because I just want to know oh yeah true Um, crime is so great I mean it's not great but it's fascinating (laughs) that's the thing is it's a weird it's a weird one because you don't want to be like oh my god true crime is my favorite because then it's like oh but people die and Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It's a horrendous thing. But at the same time, it's just really fascinating. So right. I don't know. I don't know how to find that balance. But um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it would be amazing if we could do another like episode like this. Because I find them so fascinating, especially when you combine Mormon doctrine and how, like in this case, and I feel like in all of them that we've heard so far, it's just like, people don't even consider them to be an option. Even, like, fucking Ted Bundy. Like, he was a white Mormon dude. I mean, I, he was only a convert. But still, the fact that, like, no one could believe that he could be a killer. Totally. Yeah. It's okay. insane. Agreed. Agreed. Ugh. You guys, on that note, don't drink Kool-Aid and don't like be a part of a cult that was my wise words of advice <laughs> because my brain is just farting all over the place right now <laughs> so yeah well thank you all for listening and as always we appreciate the crap out of you and thank you to our patrons and um yeah just have a good week we'll be back next week with more more good content for you. <laughs> we will. And keep sending the messages. And we will keep reading them. But taking 3,000 years to respond. But I promise we will <laughs> respond. And we love them. And you guys. So thanks. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.